What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sons of Legends. It's your boy Art Dog here with your homeboy MJ Gunner. What it is, what it is, what it is. Stuffy nose, you know. Yeah, a little well. bit of sickness, but if if you're sick nowadays, it can't be nothing but coronavirus. Well, colds don't exist anymore, Art. So don't get too close to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's start off, bro, with this week right. in wrestling. Uh, this week we had a uh, lot of things going on. Uh, let's start with Raw with uh, the uh, the Raw Underground, the debut of Raw Underground. First off, everybody said that it was a former superstar coming back, and that superstar ended up being Shane McMahon. <laughs> ah, they just love to troll us with that. Here comes Shane. Oh, here comes the big return, and yeah. then it's Shane O'Mac. It's Shane McMahon. <laughs> but but I enjoyed uh, Raw Underground this week. You know, it's something that, you know, you don't get a lot in wrestling. And it's, you know, it's unique. And like I said, it was pretty you know, dirty and grungy. And it's I can hear lighting, I can it's actual hear fighting. I like criticism it. from a mile away. I'm never happy with anything. But this was actually pretty good. I like this. What did you like so much about it? Like I said, you know, the the whole, the whole, it felt like an underground fight club. Yeah. And I liked that, you know, that, that I thought cool. it was pretty cool. That was cool. I thought they could have uh, did a better job of presenting it. Um, I thought the dancers were a little too much. Why? Because uh, they should just have like ring girls. Like if, if they're going to like try to do a fight club, then they need to present it as like a fight club. Yeah. You know what I mean? They need to uh, kind of have the have it because it seems so unorganized right now. It seems like just anybody's hopping up there. Like who wants to fight me? Yeah, I saw Dolph. Yeah, and Dolph Ziggler was there and Ro Ro. Yeah, he was there. Well, his that was his. Well, who is he now? Eric or Ivar? I believe Eric, he's I Eric, think, isn't he? Yeah, Ivar is okay. the one that that the, that the ladies like, uh, and Eric's the other one. There was a, a guy named what? What was his name? Coda, Coba. I think so. Coba, something like that. Uh, came out of nowhere. I've seen him before. I just can't pinpoint the, where. The big guy. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, he was pretty cool. I liked him. There was no like. Uh, there was no structure to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? People, it, it seems like people were just jumping out of the crowd. Another thing I liked is they got the Hurt Business down there. No, I, th- I think that's pretty cool. But when you focus on the Hurt Business, you got to start off with MVP losing his United mm-hmm. States title. Uh, she Shel- did to Apollo Crews. Shelton Benjamin losing his 24-7 title. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the Hurt Business had kind of a hard night, but then they ended on a high by taking over Raw Underground. Yeah, maybe they were just blowing off some steam. That looked like they, they needed to blow off some steam. But, okay, so who's running it now? Because the Hurt Business say they are, but Shane McMahon's still around, and he says they can come back whenever they want. So is Shane still running it? Are they running it now? It's who's really, running it? It's really confusing. There was a, a running gimmick online saying that, 
Vince was just so fed up with his life right now that he just came in to Raw and was like, do what you want. Because <laughs> the lights were flickering on and off. There was like a group of, a group of bandits, I guess. Yeah, I think that uh, either they were having power outages or... Uh, they that, were throwing Molotov cocktails at the generator. Or they, or they, right, that group had something to do with it. Right, and then there was like it. It just seemed Raw seemed really chaotic. So it just is no telling where it's going from here because every storyline had like a cliffhanger ending where nothing was really settled anywhere. Yeah. MVP had a a gripe about losing the U.S. title, saying that the lights were flickering on and off, that the this whole show was sabotage. What kind of ship are you guys running here? And then with uh, Shelton Benjamin losing the the twenty four seven title, there are all these ninjas running behind him. Oh and Lord, like Tazawa actually won it by pinning our truth, and he runs away with it. And then the hurt business goes takes over Raw Underground. They're cutting off everybody's interview. Like, MVP's in every interview in every segment <laughs> on Raw. MVP's popping up, popping up everywhere. Right, because there's boxes that fell over. And then he's just there like, you're doing a story on boxes? I just lost the U.S. title. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, well, to be fair, she should have been talking to him. Okay, he he did just lose the title. But remember, she said she was gonna go find him because she found out that his his challenge for SummerSlam was accepted. Right. So he's like, oh, so you so you are a little bit of a journalist. <laughs> yeah, I get you. It's just Raw just feels really chaotic. But he, what are you making this thing with Nia Jax? I mean, I know that that's not the real reason she was suspended, but I mean, I guess if they want to work with this storyline. I mean, it could be. Maybe she went off script last week when she attacked that guy. But the thing about her attacking that guy was his the top button on his shirt wouldn't unbutton. So she was just dragging him with his head in the shirt and it was like choking him and stuff. So... You remember how they punished Daniel Bryan for choking the guy with a tie. Mm-hmm. So, maybe she could be getting punished for this. Yeah. I <coughs> was looking forward to her and Shane and Baszler. I was, too. I thought that that was a good direction to go in to, for both of them to boost each other. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be two hungry contenders going at it to see who's next. That, right. That's old school wrestling. I of, like that. Yeah, either one of them, you could believe, would take the title off of whoever's holding it. Whether it be mm-hmm. Shayna or Nia, or whether it be Asuka or uh, Sasha Banks. Right. You would believe that Shayna could take it off of either one. You would believe Nia could take it off of either one. But for them to go a completely different direction than what they were heading in, mm-hmm. this is just, it's so confusing right now. Yeah, the WWE, up in the air. Yeah, the WWE is just really confusing right now. They're in- introducing introducing factions out of nowhere that really don't make sense right now. I mean, the Hurt Business came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? The New Day kind of fell apart. And now they're introducing a new faction, Retribution, who on Raw were causing chaos backstage and then on SmackDown were causing chaos 
up in for in the ring. I'm gonna wait to see more of them before I pass judgment. Yeah, um, I mean we don't know much about them, but I'm just saying it's right. just it's chaotic right now. Yeah. And then with. Shayna stealing off on Sasha Banks on Raw. Ooh, she dropped her. Yeah, she's stealing off on her. But then she has uh, kind of a word exchange with Asuka. Yeah. I didn't really like that, to be honest with you. It's like she's already counting that Asuka's going to take the title back from Sasha Banks. I mean, they, I mean need, cool. they need to kind of pick who they want to go after her. If Sasha's the champion, you need to pick one person to go after her, whether it be Asuka or Shayna. And you need to find something for the other one to do. Because as long as they're all butting heads, we're going to be looking toward a triple threat match that we're probably never going to get. I could I could get behind that triple threat match, though, Art. That's, that's what I was kind of hoping for. And Sasha, it does. Asuka and Shayna. And Bezos. I feel like a triple threat match gives Sasha a better chance to walk away as champion clean. Mm-hmm. Beating them both without the help of Bailey, without the help of any... And she out- doesn't have to beat Asuka one-on-one. Exactly. For some reason, that just can't happen. And I feel like it can make... like If, if they can do that for Charlotte and not make her look bad, they can do it for Sasha and not make her look bad. Well, you would think, you you would honestly think that that would be the case, Art. But as history will tell you, that's not always the case when it comes to Sasha Banks. Well, it needs to be the case. I wish. the golden role models are the money ticket right now. In my opinion, they're the most entertaining thing on WWE TV. I wouldn't go that far. I would. I feel like there's one thing that's just a little more entertaining than them. Randy Orton. I feel like... Randy Orton has hit this stride in his career that he's doing some of the best work he's ever done. I mean, Randy's been this way for years now, dating back to stuff with Jeff Hardy, and nobody was talking about it. Dating back to stuff with Ray Mysterio, and nobody's talking about it. He's finally got us looking at him now, and now people are noticing that Randy Orton is firing on all cylinders. Well, he has been for a long time. Right. And it feels like we were the only ones that were mentioning it. Right. But, as of recently... The thing with Edge kind of got all eyes on him. This mm-hmm. greatest wrestling match ever, which mm-hmm. personally I think they did a phenomenal yeah, job. Yeah, that was a good match. At pulling this off. Yeah, they did. They did. But right now, Randy's kind of targeting these guys. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's turning back into this savage of if you refuse to end your career yourself. I'll end it, I'll end it for you. you, and it's going to be because I care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, one thing I could do without with Randy Orton right it's now Rick is Flair. having Ric Flair around. I, I, mean, I kind of figured that. I don't uh, really see the point right now. Yeah. You know, it's like Randy's firing an oscillators on his own. He doesn't really need a manager. No, it's, see, I feel like Ric Flair is the warning. He's the warning before Randy comes because Randy has been coming out of nowhere on a lot of people. And Rick's the voice of reason saying, man, I'm telling you, I had to retire myself. It's not that bad. Now, do you want to retire on your own terms? Because Randy's going to kill you. (laughs) 
He's gonna kill you. He's gonna kill you. And Rick is the warning before the shot is fired. So it it makes sense, but I think it's more for Rick than it is for Randy. I think it's to give Rick something to do. You know, he's up there in age, and guys like him just can't sit around and do nothing. Yeah, Cody will tell you that every week with Arn Anderson. He can't just sit around and do nothing. They they're not they're not those type of guys. I get that. You know, if you know wrestling's I mean? all you know, then you need to find some way to be a part of it. And it's a good thing that they're finding a useful way for him to be a part of it because he could be taking bumps like May Young was at eighty. Yeah. Yeah, if he has to be around, then this is the best capacity for him to be. And I around. and I don't I don't I mean there could be a better way to use him to groom someone else. Yeah. If Rick puts his stamp on somebody and be like, "This is the guy. You gotta watch out for this guy right here." Woo! And right. he does that. Somebody who can actually use him will be made. Right. You know. You know what I mean. Goes to managing somebody who actually needs Rick Flair. In and I got the perfect person for him, and nobody's will see it coming. But it makes so much sense to me. If he gets behind the Velveteen Dream, there's something about that combination of flamboyancy and confidence that could really take Velveteen Dream to the next level. It'll give him another layer of his character where he doesn't have to be so, I want to say gay, but I don't think that's the right thing that I'm thinking of. Where he doesn't have to be so flamboyant, like yeah, that's feminine. That's a better word. That's a better word for it. But yeah. uh, and nobody's seen the Velvet Jean Dream for a while, you know. I get that, but I'm. It's if you had to choose a superstar that you would put with Ric Flair, who would it be? It it has to be somebody that has that flamboyancy, but not like over the top, like a old school Ric Flair in a new school day and age. I don't know. I think I would pick someone who doesn't really have the the mic skills and doesn't really have the, you know, he's missing something. And, you know, Flair will uh, help that. uh, Cesaro. Yeah, maybe somebody like Cesaro, you know, somebody who actually needs a manager. But see, I feel like people like Cesaro is already made. Velveteen is still in development. We have to remember that NXT is still developmental. Yeah, we forget sometimes. And we really do forget that because it's its own brand. But you have to remember, I'm trying to pair him with someone who hasn't been made on the main roster yet. I get that. You know what I mean? And I feel like Velveteen Dream would be like that guy. I can see the old school Rick like pimping the walk with him. And you know... (laughs) I, I think that's a great combination. Yeah, it'd be a good combination. I I can see that. Cause Rick could take the game over and take it to a next to the next level when he says it, <laughs> compared to when Dream says it. Right. You know what I mean? I just I I would just want them to make stars instead of kind of pushing ones that's already there. Right. Mm. We have to get the next Stone Cold, John Cena, The Rock. We have we haven't had one in years now. I but think you see, the thing of it is that people shouldn't uh, try to be, you know, the next version of them. No, I'm saying we need the next crossover superstar. 
Yeah, I get that. Because uh, not the, a lot of I'd say the last one that we had, the last two, Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, gone. You know what I mean? Seth Rollins mm. was getting there, but something happened when he faced the Fiend that kind of diminished his character completely. That Hell in a Cell did damage. He's moving back up. Yeah, I mean, the Messiah is mm. coming back around. He's doing his thing. But that stint that he had with the Fiend damaged him. Yeah, I get that. And yeah. then the Fiend was the highest it's ever been. And then and they killed Goldberg. It. Yeah, they killed it with Goldberg. So each person that they had that has this like crossover capability, they end up killing it based on politics. Yeah. So they need to figure out who they're gonna get behind for the next crossover like superstar. Cause the New Day was there. New Day was there. Usos came and killed it. And it has to be someone. Daniel Bryan was there. Then his neck got broken. That came and killed it. And it's always someone getting right at that point to the pinnacle of crossover where everybody's behind them, everybody believes in them. Kofi was there, and you kind of feel like they rushed it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, I guess it's got to be the right person in the right time. Yeah, I mean, something major. It's just got to be something major that happens that gets everybody behind a specific person and shoots them to the moon. You know what I mean? Drew McIntyre is working on it. Right. And and he's doing a great job. It's just that uh, Randy's kind of always been the snake behind him that's creeping on his heels that's kind of doing a, just a little bit better work than he is. It's hard to compete with Randy Orton when he's firing it at, at the level he's firing at right now. Yeah. It's kind of like it was with KO and Chris Jericho, in my opinion, you know, back uh, a few years ago. It's not that there was anything wrong with Kevin Owens as Universal Champion. It's just that he was standing next to, to Chris, Chris Jericho. Jericho. And tell me who's going to get their shine on when Chris Jericho is having one of his best runs in WWE. And that's true. I mean, you got to remember, he did debut on The Rock. Yeah, but the list was his hottest run in years. You know, that's, that's when Chris Jericho was at his peak. Yeah, he was yeah. when he was putting people on the list. I mean, it became its own entity. Right. You know, people weren't worried about who's who's KO's facing for the U.S. title, for they the Universal title next. They're worried about who's going on the list. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah, it's it's hard when you got somebody like Randy that's right there. So what better way than to do something with him? Yeah, and I think McIntyre isn't really getting lost in the shuffle. I think he's doing – I think he's doing – uh. Okay, to keep up with Randy. Because the promo that they cut was great. Yeah. And he cuts he makes a few good points. I mean, Randy isn't really known for bringing people up to his level. Exactly. And and like like Drew said, there's been a lot of people that's taken you out of the holes that you've been in. Who have you helped? Name one person in the business that you've helped get to a championship level. That's true. I mean, he's lost the title to some people yeah. for their first times. I know Randy gave The Miz his first title run. Jinder mm-hmm. Mahal, his first title run. 
You know what I'm saying? So he has lost the title to guys on their first time. But neither of those guys get respect as WWE champions. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. He hasn't had the caliber of match that they've had with him, like Taker has had with him. Triple H has had with him. Mick Foley has given so much to Randy Orton. Right, because Foley really did uh, help Randy, you know, when he was trying to break free from this Spoiled punk pretty gimmick. Boy. Yeah, this you know, pretty boy gimmick. You can see Randy Orton is going hardcore after that match with Mick Foley. I've watched that match so many times. Yeah, after he did the, the run that he had with Mick Foley, it made people realize, damn, this dude, this kid is tough. Right, you know, he makes you look at him and made you look at him differently back in the day. And you know, I'm not saying he hasn't done anything for uh, people. It's yeah, just that he's tried. People have done way more for him, though. I yeah, think. he's tried. With I evolution. mean, he had legacy behind yeah. him. He's brought them up. He tried to do it with the revival a little right. bit. That could have worked if they would have just kept them together, man. The WWE had it out for the revival. I swear it. Yeah, FTRKO really could have been big. Yeah. Really could have been me. But anyway, I, we're not, I'm not saying that, you know, he hasn't done anything for anybody. I'm saying that, you know, people have done more for him back in the day. Yeah. You know, with Evolution and Mick Foley and hell of a John Cena. You know, him, yeah. and, him and Orton had a, their feud and everything. But, yeah. He's had some great feuds over, over the years. And yeah. he's come out on top on a lot of those feuds with like mm-hmm. the OGs of the Shawn Michaels and the Undertakers and the Edges. Right. And they they made Randy look like a beast and it's time for him to make somebody else look like a beast too. I can see that. But that's cool. Uh NXT, um I told you from the beginning, dude, I felt like this Pat McAfee and Adam Cole thing was was work. Yeah, it definitely looks like it's work now. You know, Adam Cole and Pat are going at it to take over 30. How do you think of that? I mean, we've had Snooky wrestle, so Pat can't be any worse than Snooky. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they've they've had a lot of celebrities do this thing. From uh, Maria Menudo's to what was the guy from Arrow, Stephen Amell? Stephen Stefan Amell. Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell or yeah. something like that. Uh, he's been in the ring. They've had, uh, fuck, the jackass guys. Drew Carey was in the Royal Drew Rumble. Drew Carey was in the Royal I mean, so it's not, it's not a new thing. I mean, for God's sake, Dennis Rodman, Carl Malone, and Jay Leno. Right, you know, it's not new to see but a celebrity get in the ring. It's it's going to be a curious thing, because remember on his podcast how he said, oh, you know, one drunken night, I bought a ring and put it up, and I was getting trained by the guy who trained John Cena, and blah, 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 so... It, it's going to be, I'm curious to see if he actually has any wrestling skills. I was going to say, we should not ride this match off too quickly, considering it is a takeover match. And you know they don't do lackluster matches at takeover. I don't think I've seen too many of those. Like, they don't, they don't play that. But we all know Adam Cole has to work extra hard to carry this guy. And I think Cole will make him look good. That's going to tell you how good Adam Cole really is. If this match is anywhere near good, 
then people need to stop talking shit about Adam Cole. Not a lot of people do. I'm saying people are still using Adam Cole's size as a detriment to him. They're still saying that, you know, he hasn't had any competition and blah, blah, blah. But it's hard to make a terrible wrestler look good. Yeah, that's true. It's That's why I respected Owen so much because it's hard to find a bad Owen match no matter how terrible the person was that he was wrestling. Because Owen always could carry probably anybody. Yeah, Owen Owen and Eddie are guys that can carry anybody, no matter how bad they are. Yeah, if if you see Eddie in a match with somebody like Super Crazy, no matter how much you look past Super Crazy, I guarantee you this match will be either make you laugh in some way. Super Crazy was great. But I'm saying not many people cared about him at all. That doesn't mean he wasn't good in the ring. But you would fast forward it because you would already know that Eddie was going to win. Yeah. But there was always something in the match that he did different to make you, to make the match stand out. He'd do some shit like throw a chariot away and drop down. Right, you know, the timeout thing or the thing that I got hit with the chair thing. Yeah, stuff like that to make even a terrible wrestler You'd be like, remember that match that Eddie had with Super Crazy where he threw the chair at him and dropped out? Like, he'll make you remember a person that you don't even care about. And Adam Cole can do that. Right. I would have used a better example if I was you are, but I understand where you're going. Okay, let's just say Eddie was wrestling Barry Horowitz. All right, that's better. (laughs) But uh, what do you think of this ladder match? How's this shaping up to you? I think that it's going to give... Somebody a chance to be a breakout star besides the ones who are already stars in NXT. As you see, uh, you keep saying that, and uh, you say stuff that uh, it's a good thing that the underdogs are getting in there, and I can get that. You know, it is. I just hope that they don't play off the people with names that you know that people get excited to see, yeah, like Damian Priest. This is the this is the part. Uh, Damien Priest has always had an opponent that people wanted to see more. Mm. Whether it was Keith Lee, or whether it was Ben Failure, or whether it was whoever it was, they always were more excited to see his opponent than him. This is his chance to be the biggest Mm. star in the match. You know what I mean? And even if Johnny Gargano or Ben Failure or whoever else makes it in because the next match, because Dexter Loomis is hurt. Dexter Loomis is out, right. Which I was kind of looking forward to him being in it. Yeah, me too. You know, Dexter was one of, he's one of those guys that, you know, that you're talking about. You know, one of those guys that, you know, needs, that was on the rise and needs this opportunity. Yep, he's one of those guys. And everybody's looking past Bronson Reed, but y'all need to stop looking straight past him. It's just that, you know, we don't see him a lot, you know. It's, it's kind of hard got something to... something there, man. It's kind of hard to form an opinion. And, you know, yeah, you don't see him a lot. And when he does wrestle, he just comes out there and wrestles. I think the big boy's got something going on. And then uh, the... He, he he got some mic time with him and Damian Priest outside yeah, when they were did. getting into it at the car. Now they're going one-on-one next week. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this is a chance for someone because a match like a five-way ladder match, you can have 
five jobbers in there, and you're go, gonna want to see this match because of the unpredictability of what. Yeah, it's happen. a ladder match. A ladder, ma- ladder, ladder match. Ladder matches are fan favorites. Always have something like a a nice high spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A nice real high spot for some one of those Polaroid moments. And if you're the one that gets that Polaroid moment, it'll always be remembered. I'm good with the, you know. Even if it's you getting hurt in that Polaroid moment. Because. Your Jeff and Edge kind of proved that one. Not just that. I can't even remember who powerbombed Ben Failure off the ladder onto the bridge ladder when he popped up. But I remember him getting power bombed off that ladder, mm-hmm. you know, man, and that ladder hitting and him bouncing up and bouncing back down. Yeah. But I don't remember who threw him off. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like those highlights moments could make somebody a star. Right. And, you know, I'm good with, uh, you know, giving new people a chance and everything. I just like I said, I hope they uh, they don't uh, leave out the people that already have names and, will, you know, people will tune in to see. People like Johnny and Finn and, you know, people like that. Yeah, I hope Cameron Grind gets in. They've, they've, they've had their shine. Johnny's a triple crown champion. I mean, they don't have to win the match, but having them in the match would be entertaining. And they give, I get that. give them credibility. I'd just rather them use their talents to focus on developing storylines in order to, you know, make the main roster better. Because what made the main roster so good back then was storylines. The few that people had, Austin being hit by the car, the Austin right. McMahon era, The Rock, uh, I did it for The Rock. You know, that was a fucking two-year-long storyline. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that we're missing those lengthy storylines that we used to have back then. It used to develop kind of slowly, which made you want to watch over time like it was a whole season. I think uh, another thing is, like, with, the, with the WWE title, or hell, any title, you know, it's kind of a revolving door of contenders. It's like somebody has the feud, and then the title match, and then they lose, and then it's next up. Yeah, and see, it's next up. That's and what I'm saying. Next up. I, if I would, what I would rather have seen was them chill on the Karrion Cross thing. And I would have liked Johnny, Mia, uh, Candace, and Keith to go at it a little bit more. Right, you know, like build, you know, an actual feud feud. But it ended with a street fight between Candace and Mia. Right. Why did it end that way instead of a title match for Johnny Gargano? Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely get that. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're shutting these storylines down so fast that you don't really even get a chance to get involved in it. Right. You know, it's like they shut it down so the next person can have their shot, you yeah, know, as they say. they're trying to build too fast yeah. off of people. Because Karrion Cross, it feels like he just got there. He should not be having the title shot at the NXT title this fast. Even Adam Cole didn't get a shot this fast. Even to, I would say, even uh, his stuff with Tommaso Ciampa could not. No matter how good Tommaso made him look, which he did make him look really good, I still think it might be a little rushed. Yeah, that's what I. I just feel like they're uh, they're doing this too fast, where he's not gonna have anywhere to go, but down. Right, and that's a problem. Um, Dakota's uh, and uh, Rhea Ripley had their number one contenders match this week. Dakota wins. The- 
Yep. You know, with uh, Mercedes outside Martinez. Inter- interference from Mercedes Martinez and everything. And uh, I, I like Mercedes with the Robert Stone brand. It gives them some credibility. I just hope mm-hmm. that they use it the right way because um, with her being kind of like the hired gun or the muscle of the Robert Stone brand, she doesn't have to say anything. She does all she has to do is show up and prove how badass she is and she could break apart from them whenever she feels like it or she could take them to the top with her. I think that they need a gem in this in this stable, you know, like someone to uh you know, get behind, you know, somebody Robert Stone's managing, you know, get behind, you know, uh you know, like uh, how managers have someone who they're they're managing now, like a crown jewel of the stable, as they say. And that's Mercedes. Right. It's not, it wasn't going to be Chelsea Green or Aaliyah. I think it could have been Chelsea. I don't. I honestly don't. I think Chelsea is uh, every every woman's woman. I feel like there's a thousand Chelsea Greens. She could have done it. I feel like there's a thousand Chelsea Greens. I feel like Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo... Like, uh, I feel like all these girls have the same character. The kind of sassy, sexy librarian type thing going on. I feel like all these chicks have the same persona. Well, art is hard to be original. Everything's been done. But Mercedes is different. She looks like a female sub-zero when she comes out. Like, she's got like this... Mexican Undertaker vibe in her entrance, but then when she starts wrestling, she has like this hybrid of MMA, street fighting, and and amateur wrestling. I've always been a big Mercedes Martinez fan ever since I saw her in the Big Young Classic. And the fact that she doesn't really get along with the Robert Stone brand, she just says when she she recruited him, he didn't recruit her. She said, all you do is get me big matches and do all the paperwork that I don't want to do and let me go out there and do what I do best. Deal? He's like, hell yeah. (laughs) That's what I do. Paperwork and get matches. Yeah, but how do you feel about this Rhea Ripley thing? I feel like Mercedes Martinez is the best route to go. I feel like it'll bring Mercedes up without bringing Rhea down. To be completely and honest, it'll keep Rhea out of the title picture. To be completely honest, you know Rhea Ripley has not felt the same to me not since WrestleMania. And everybody says that because she lost at WrestleMania, and everybody feels like she was kind of on a on an apex, the height of her career. Mm. And there's no way that she should have lost that. But if she was going back to Australia during a pandemic... I think that's another thing, you know. It's like the the returning home kind of cooled her off a little bit. There's nothing you can do about that, bro. But the one thing that you can do is try to keep her momentum that she has, the little bit of momentum that she has, keep it rolling or... Build a new star off of it. I don't think it's time for Rhea to be shifted out of the spotlight just yet. Well, I feel like what she should do is she should wrestle Mercedes Martinez, build her, lose to her, go to the UK, 
because uh, the champ's still the same in the UK. She has Kaylee Ray hasn't lost Kaylee the belt right. in damn near what two years? What has it been like a year and a half? I think <coughs> I don't even think it's been a year yet. It's close to a year, but I don't think it's been a year yet. Like late it August, feels like mid August. She, she it won feels that. like she's been champ for a long time. Like, mid August last year, she won that off of Tony. Storm. Off of Tony Storm, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean. If Tony Storm came and faced Rhea and lost to her while Rhea was NXT champ, why can't Rhea go back to the UK and get that strap off Kaylee Ray? Well, traveling right now is kind of difficult. That'd be one problem with it. Where is NXT UK held? In Blackpool? Yeah, I think so. Liverpool or Blackpool, one of those. Like I said, traveling during the pandemic probably isn't a very good idea. Well, I just think that right now... uh, if she's already on a downward spiral, she might as well help somebody up while she's going down. And why not Mercedes Martinez? Yeah, I can't disfuse a good idea. At least in my opinion. In my opinion, it is. It definitely is a great idea. Um, so, on um, SmackDown, uh, the Retribution attacked... Who did they attack? There were some people behind the glass. I, I couldn't name them, but they attacked yeah, some, they of, them some of the wrestlers that were that back there. They tried to get at uh, the commentators. Uh, and Cole and Michael. Cole and Corey Graves. Yeah, they tried to get at them. How do you not remember them? Because I was thinking of Phillips. Oh, well, he's on Raw. But that was when uh, Seth Rollins was about to beat up Tom Phillips and Samoa Joe was <laughs> right. like, nah, partner, we ain't doing that. I hope Joe's in-ring career isn't over. Uh, yeah, I love Samoa Joe, but I, I feel like he's watered down so much since he's been in WWE because they took the muscle buster away from him. They took, like, everything that makes Joe Joe, they kind of took it from him. I mean, he was doing okay when he was down there in NXT, though. But like the, we he got was still the glimpse. Able to use the muscle we, we got the then. glimpse of the old Samoa Joe back then. Yeah, he was still able to use his old moveset. And speaking of which, uh, there's actually been a little bit of a rumor saying that Tyson Kidd might be training again. I would hope so. Um, I I just want Tyson Kidd to be able to end on his own terms, and I feel like he was one of those guys that was. Every time he was on his way up, man, something happened. Every yeah. single time. Yeah, that's true. He has, he has like, Bob Holly syndrome, just such <laughs> a string of bad luck. Every single time he's on his way up. And um, I just want him to be able to end on his own terms. I know that he'll never be as great as he once was. But yeah, but, you know, you want that for everybody to be able to, to end whenever they want to. You never want to see an injury in your career. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all that I want from him. It's not like you can look toward him being some type of huge running champion. Right, not right now. But... As long as he's able to get in there and, and do it one more time on his own terms. Are you looking forward to seeing Seth Rollins and Dominic at SummerSlam? I'm looking forward to see what Dominic can do. Yeah, me too, you know, because we saw him at Survivor Series 
And then we saw him on Raw this week hit that 619. And then he dives off the top turnbuckle. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what Dominic Mysterio's got. But we got. all know it's way more to wrestling than just knowing moves. Anybody can do flips and cartwheels and all of that stuff in the ring and out of the ring. But how good can you sell a suplex? Yeah, that's, that's something we'll find out at SummerSlam when uh, Rollins and Dominic go at it. You know what I mean? When The best example I can think of that is when Steve-O got in the ring. <laughs> Steve-O, they unleashed Umaga on the jackass guys. And Steve-O, for some reason, would not stop moving. He would not stay down. He got splashed. It hurt so bad. But instead of him staying down, the dude keeps crawling around. So Umaga kicked him again. And he keeps <laughs> crawling around. So Umaga drops this heavy elbow on him, like MMA style. Boom. And he's begging like, God, no, please don't hit me again. But he's still hey, moving. Damn, man. Stop, stop, stop. He's still moving. Stop so the I, stuff and he'll stop hitting you. And I have to keep hitting you because you won't stop moving. <laughs> Yeah, man, you need to sell or you're going to keep getting hit. Boom. So that's what we need to know. Can you sell this stuff? I think he can. <coughs> you know, this feud with Ray, you know, Seth Rollins has actually been, uh, has actually turned out a lot better than I thought it would. I've really been enjoying it. I enjoyed the, lot of the eye for an eye match. But you know what makes it so bad is it makes Aleister Black look so weak. Yeah, I could kind of uh, do without him and um, Umberto. Umberto. You know, those guys are getting involved and everything. You know, I just wish it'd be so more between Rollins and uh, Mysterio. Mysterio. Hell, I could probably do without Murphy and uh, Austin Theory, too. I'll just have it Rollins and we Mysterio. We haven't seen Theory in the past two weeks. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the, the ones that got... Uh, Swept up with the hashtag speaking out movement. I don't know. Well, we'll we'll just keep looking around and see if he shows up. But, yeah, uh, trending topics, bro. Um, How do you feel about Marty Jannetty confessing to murder on Facebook? Well, uh, I... I'm kind of at a loss of words with this one. Right? I, I I don't get it. Why would you Why would you make that post? He, okay, the post was, he says, uh, back in the day, he went to a bowling alley, and then... He wanted to buy some weed from a guy. Right. Behind the, and the guy took him behind the alley and tried to rape him. Yeah. And he killed the guy and dumped him in the river. Right, he basically says, you he know, says, they were looking for him and then they should have checked the... Chattahoochee River. Yeah, the Chattahoochee River or something. And then he goes, that was the first time I made someone disappear. That's the disturbing part, is the fact that he said, this is the first time right. I made someone disappear. And I hear the police and have been looking into this. The problem is, he. this was him... Being sad over his girlfriend? I think so. And he goes into a stint about murdering people as being mad at his girlfriend. Like, this is is wild, bro. I don't get it. This is wild. Some of these older wrestlers get on there and they say stuff on social media. I I don't get it. Val Venus has been on some bullshit. 
I really can't understand most of the stuff that Iron Sheik's talking about sometimes. Uh, Sonny. Well, don't get me started. <laughs> Sonny. Hey, chick. <coughs> Someone needs to take these people's social media away from them. Because Sonny's doing everything from selling her Hall of Fame ring to starting fans only to getting arrested for cocaine. She's That's not crazy. She's just, she's just doing dumb stuff at this point. At this point, yeah. I mean, what else can you call it? Yeah, I get that. Um how how was how was um how are you feeling about the fact that Naomi's been trending a lot? I'm happy to see it, you know, as they as they uh And she got a win over Lacey Evans right. on SmackDown. I just I hope that they plan something out for her. Before they start thrusting right, her into and things. And they don't just do things just to shut us up. Like, I've I've said that a million times on the show because it's always true. When they do things to shut us up and then we have it and now what? Now, now what are we supposed to do? It never turns out the right way right. if they don't plan behind it. Because right. she's getting a lot of support right now. She's getting a lot of support. Which is good. She deserves She deserves to... Uh, be moved up and everything. She deserves to have the people back her. Uh, I just, I hope they have plans for her. The funny thing online is, Mandy Rose's return is like as has the most views out of all the segments on SmackDown. Did you even care about Mandy's return or any of that stuff? Well, I. You know, she had her haircut. Right. And, you know, the world's greatest. Gift to the soccer moms or something they're calling her now. Uh, I'm looking forward to this to this view with Mandy and Sonya. Sonya's been doing a lot of good heel work, and Mandy's been doing okay as a face. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody. I'd, I'd rather just, have fire and desire together. I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah, I think everybody's just kind of gaga over Mandy and her looks. I don't think that. They're tripping off the work as much because really, see, now, Sonya Deville's the star. Now you see now, now, what you just said there is another thing that I've that uh, I've uh, I've noticed. No matter what it is with Mandy Rhodes, it's always she's just worried about her looks. It's her looks this. It's her looks that. It's like she doesn't do anything in no, the ring. I That's think not Mandy true. Actually, is or can be. A great wrestler. Like, they have to have her wrestle, though. What's like, the last match that she had? People like to sell her short because she's pretty. Yeah. And they act like that's some kind of crime or something. No, but... Like but she doesn't work hard or whatever. The problem is her fans make it worse. The yeah, guys that. that are fans of her steady posting all these pictures and all that stuff. And she's not helping anything with these fucking TikTok videos. Yeah, that's true. That's if true. you're gonna, if you want people to take you seriously and not talk about your looks, then how about let's get some matches? You've got one of the best fucking running knees I've ever seen. Yeah, that bicycle knee is pretty dope. The yeah. one of the best ones out there. Put that bitch to use. <laughs> Put that motherfucker on people and, let, and give us some some pinfall victories. It's just with that, that recently she's uh, been running around with Otis. You know, it's like her career has really think, just been uh, been following all Otis honesty, right now. Don't get me wrong, but I think Mandy's done everything she can do for Otis's career. Yeah, I think that... Uh, I think that this is the peak. This is pretty much where it goes. Right. 
after this. Everybody's cool because we wanted to see the fat guy get the pretty girl. We wanted that. Now we got it, and we're like, all right, are you going to treat her good? Cool. Now we're done with it. We're going to leave you alone. Now mm-hmm. everybody's out of your business. Now it's time to pick it up. Cash in that money in the bank or something. That's another thing. It's like sometimes that you are... Uh at least to me, anyway. You kind of forget Otis has money in the bank unless he's walking around with it, you That's know? That's why I want him to cash it in on a tag team. I think that that'd be the best option because I can't see him as a legitimate contender to Braun Strowman. I can't. Especially this is what not I was worried with the about. Braun Strowman and the Fiend feud as of right now. And this is what I was worried about. They take someone who's popular and they run with him without having... You know, uh, plans to doing something uh, with him, though. Yeah, and that's exactly what it seems like they did because he didn't have any really wrestling credentials as far as WWE goes, but he was popular because his his storyline with Mandy. Right, you know, he's popular because he's entertaining, and I get that, you know. And if you want to run with him, that's great. I just wish that they would have uh, ran with him, done something to make him feel more important. You know, especially if we're going to put the the money in the bank briefcase on him. A few with Baron Corbin would have been right up the alley. Yeah, I I could see that. That would have been a good one, or AJ Styles, or somebody that would give him some credibility. Exactly, I think that's what he needs. I think uh, Otis needs credibility as a main eventer if they're going to go in that direction with him by giving him the briefcase. Because whatever Braun's doing with, with The Fiend and Alexa Bliss, I'm so confused right now. I'm looking forward to this. I am Only too. because it's finally going to be Strowman and The Fiend. Mm-hmm. And that's the matchup that uh, people are looking forward to because that's the matchup where uh, Strowman might lose it. You know, we were pretty sure he wasn't going to lose it to the sweater, to the sweater Bray Wyatt, and he couldn't lose it in the Swamp fight, but... Devine has a sporting chance. Yeah, and just He's don't, just don't bring that Fiend belt back. I don't like it. <laughs> let him carry the regular belt. All right, bro. Uh, sad, bad, glad. Let us have it. All right. I'm uh, I'm sad that uh, Brandy Rose was ran off Twitter this week yeah. because of uh. Well, they say it was because of uh, the AEW uh, heels things that she's doing, but I also hear that you know she she gets dropped with the M bomb a lot, and that's not cool. That's not man. When are we gonna be able to uh, just live in a, a world that doesn't have that kind of sensitivity? Insensitivity. Insensitivity, and you know this much hurtful comments, man. I mean. It's 2020, then, where it really should not be going around as much as it does. Not cool. Alright, um, I'm mad that, uh... I'm actually mad that, uh, Oscar interrupted Sasha Banks' match with Shannon Baszler this week. You know, when are they gonna let Sasha look, actually look like a legitimate threat with the Raw Women's title? You know, Oscar, uh, Oscar comes out there, Sasha's running out the ring and everything... <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this, Art. I really do. I hate to say it, but it's true. I have a bad feeling. I'm glad that uh, Dakota Kai won on NXT. I'm glad that... There are a few other things, but I think I'll uh, call it at that. 
it's all good. Um, I am, I am mad that they cut the Nia Jax Shayna Baszler feud short. Yeah, I was, I was really excited about that one. It was one that I couldn't call and didn't know who to root for. Uh, that was the more intriguing storyline to me, and it could have lasted for a minute. It could have been the new Seamus Cesaro type thing. Yeah. Where they yeah. battle each other, finally gain the respect for each other, go into a tag team and just breeze through the whole company. That would have been dope. And I think that the women's tag team division could use a team like like a Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Yeah, that yeah, just a you know a team that has respect for each other, two badasses that beat the hell out of each other and know. And it beats the hell out of somebody else. Yeah, we can take over this company if we stop fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I am sad that um, I guess I'll give it up for Simon Cowell because Simon Cowell broke his back on a bike today. Oh, man, really? Yeah, um, people were kind of cracking a bunch of jokes because his company uh, dropped a bike company from there. I guess, ownings, and then he breaks his back on a bike. Not only that, but it was a stationary bike, from what I hear. I hear he broke his back falling off of an exercise bike. I don't care about the the irony or whatever. You don't crack jokes about that stuff. But I'm sad for him because, I mean, I like Simon Cowell. Yeah, I get that. And uh, shit's just crazy. I'm also sad that uh, what everything's going on is still happening. Trump's still in office. Breonna Taylor's killer still haven't been arrested. Uh, a lot of things to be sad about. A lot of things about. to be sad about. But I'm not but glad. I am glad. glad. I am glad that NXT is showcasing all these new superstars, dude. Like, they're finally getting their chances to come up. You know, it's getting, to me, it's exciting to see. Mm-hmm. I love this new form of wrestling. Also, shout out to the Joe Hendry episode of Ring of Honor because I was into that. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, DC is going to be fighting again next weekend. Stipe. Yeah. Is it next weekend? August the 15th. Oh, wow. Daniel Cormier. Stipe Miochik. Who you got? Daniel Cormier, of course. He's I, my man. I'm going with him. He's going to do it. I don't know. I, mean, I got time. faith in him. I have faith I, in him. You know DC is one of my faves. He's just, he just got to avoid getting caught with the same thing he did last week, man. Them shots you, to the bread you, basket. You cannot avoid when you're in the fifth round and somebody just switches a game plan all of a sudden in the fourth. You can't avoid that. He was... Actually, DC was winning the fight all the way to the end of the third. And then he hit him in the stomach one time, and DC <laughs> made a noise that nobody's ever heard, like, ugh. <laughs> and Stipe was like, oh, that hurt, and huh? And Stipe, the light bulb goes off, and then Stipe goes to town. The fourth round, he got like 14 <laughs> body shots. Oh, man. Let's just avoid the body shots this time, Daniel. I have faith in you, brother. I do. Uh, I think the secret lies in the clinch game. 
because Daniel Cormier is a beast in the clinch game, and that's how he beat Stipe the first time coming out of the clinch. Stipe always puts his hands down coming out of a clinch, and DC tagged him with a right hand and slept him. Mm-hmm. So it can happen. I'm excited for that. Um, also, I'm glad that the NBA is back so everybody can shut their mouths about that. They trying to do some baseball so y'all can be trying. A lot of the baseball players have been getting COVID, though, I hear. It's going to it's gonna happen, dude. It's going to happen. When you open up and you disregard all the health stuff, it's going to happen. I just... And we're going to be number one in the world in COVID image. It's, it's, it's inevitable. I just wish that we play it safe. We won't. We don't need these sports, man. We need to keep people safe. We won't. We won't. I'm telling you that now. Anyway, uh, tell the people where to reach you, bro. Uh, Matt Lindsay on Facebook. Matt Lindsay 677 on Instagram. I'm not getting into it on Twitter. Just go just ahead. Matthew Lindsay. Then Matt Lindsay on uh, Twitter. Go ahead. Art Dog 1 on Instagram Art Dog 3 on Twitter Arthur Quinn on Facebook Hit us up at the Sons of Legends 21 at gmail.com I know that's long guys but hit us up Um, Thank you guys for listening To the Sons of Legends and we'll holler at you guys Next week So long